Good morning, folks, and welcome to the Talk and Shed podcast. This morning, uh, it's December 28th, and uh, Cody's with me this morning. Yep. What's up, Cody? Oh, not much. We are heading to southern Indiana here this morning. It's about 6.50 on the road. I'm going to go see some guys, see some guys that we got lined up from yesterday. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go check it out. I've got a couple of guys, and you've got a a couple of guys that we're going to go see. So. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I uh, sold a sow for tillage tool over here, uh, over in western Indiana, I guess, is where, where that went, not necessarily south. But um, going to go see him, um, going to go see several guys, some some past customers and stuff. It's going to be a fun day. And uh, we knew we had to leave early. And, uh, yeah, it, it'll be awesome. It, it's that time of year between Christmas and New Year's. Um, where some things can be going on, but but then other times it's dead. I, I made some phone calls yesterday to some good solid past customers, and a couple of them were on vacation all week. And so, um, so yeah, it, it's going to be hit and miss. There's going to be some guys calling in that that need to make some last minute purchases, and there's going to be some guys uh, that are just holding off and aren't going to do much this week. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think with just how the last few years have kind of planned out, uh, you know, the last-minute purchasing guys, um, it, it's kind of already done. A lot of the guys have had had an opportunity to plan it out, especially with how hard things are to get nowadays, uh, whether it be a tractor, or grain setup, or, you know, a piece of tillage. Uh, yeah. Guys kind of already have that kind of set out and laid out as far as what they're going to buy. But there are still those select few guys that are like, well, I need to spend some money here yet this year. The accountant told me, you know, what do you got on your lot for twenty five grand? Well, well, let's dive into that a little bit more. Well, what what do you do as far as tell me, you know, giving the salesman as much information as possible is pretty important to us as far as what we're going to sell you. Right. Um, and and you we'll know. get into that deeper in the backside of the podcast yeah. on on some different tips for buying equipment. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the uh, the topic of this podcast when we dive into it. But first. Uh, you know, the last podcast that we recorded was with uh, Jeff Worley there in Indianapolis, and uh, lots happened since then. We yep. had Christmas, had some holidays, uh, stuff like that. Christmas go good? Yeah. Yeah, Christmas went well, and kids got what they wanted, and yeah, it was it was a good time. Yep. Don't, uh, not a great big fan of putting all that crap together, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's a... Uh, well... My, my big problem is where to put it. Yeah. You know, when it, once it is together, uh, our garage is not a place for cars. Yeah. Uh, it's a place for overflow stuff out of our house. Um, you know, not only does the wife just open the garage door and take those Amazon boxes and just fling them. Like, I think she always tries to see if she can get the Amazon box to hit the garage, the big overhead garage door from the door out of the kitchen. Like, I hear it fling, and then dunk, and then she's like, yes. Yeah. She's always just flinging them out there. And yep. some days I'll walk out there, and it's a mountain of cardboard boxes. It looks like like the Amazon warehouse <laughs> at, at the garage. Um, but yeah. it, it also, you know, we got... You know, grandparents. Oh, look, kids! Here's here's a bunch of nice, really big bean bags. And they're like, oh, that that's a great gift. And and then they say, well, they're going home with you. And like, well, where are we going to put that? 
and uh, so yeah. you know it's like what where's all this stuff gonna go but uh, yeah it's it's great it was fun kids had a good time and uh, yeah it, it was a lot of fun and then this week we've got the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes game coming up playing yep. Georgia that, yep. that's gonna be a big deal hopefully it's a big deal I guess yeah yeah hopefully we down some dogs yeah we'll see um, and then you know uh, the some of the podcasts we've done in the past we were out heading to deer camp yeah uh, we've had some some new uh, happenings in deer camp Cody yeah I'm uh, I'm on the board Cody is on the board guys yep. and uh, walk us through it just brief brief <clears throat> story so basically I was just out hunting it was uh, the last weekend of shotgun season here well I shouldn't say shotgun season anymore but last weekend of gun season for uh, Ohio and uh, I was seeing some deer but they were you know 250 yards out and wasn't really thinking that I'd see anything and uh, there at about last light of shooting time a doe came out and she was about 75 yards and I uh, I didn't quite pinwheel her but she dropped in her tracks and I got it done so there we go yeah that's great you came out and helped me gut her and the boys did too and yep then we cut her up and I took her to the processing plant so yep Yep, that was yeah. uh, the second weekend of the Ohio gun season. Yeah. Um, and then a couple weeks before then, uh, I, sh- I got a doe on the last day of the gun season. And mm-hmm. so we're, uh, we're, we're well on the board, and, and there's still time yeah. left. Ohio's deer season uh, runs really long. It goes uh, up and through... Uh, it's like the first week of February, isn't it? Yeah, it's like uh, February sixth or tenth or mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, which is pretty neat because I, I think there's a lot of good late season activity to be had. Yeah, and uh, I really like patterning uh, late season deer when it snows like it did. Yeah, and, here, uh, here not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, muzzleloader season is going to be in. And, uh, that's actually what I got for Christmas was muzzleloader. So we got to sight that thing in and get that thing rolling. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good. And a lot has happened since then, like I said. Um, but let's also talk about that cold weather that rolled through there last week. I mean, that was frigid. Yeah. And, and you and I had an experience that made it extra frigid. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a <clears throat> semi showed up to the farm there Friday. Uh, it'd be December 23rd it showed up. In which which we didn't work that day. Yeah. We were supposed to. Right. We are going to do a half a day. Yeah. And Dad texted everyone bright and early. He said, guys, you know, it snowed a lot. It's freezing. Why don't, why don't everyone just stay home? Yeah. And so we're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, Cody and I went out and worked on our deer blind. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dad called at about noon. He says, hey, a truck driver is going to be here with a load of BBI spreaders in an hour. I go, oh, geez. I'm, you know, I mean, it's, you know, whatever cold it was, negative 30 with the wind chill. Yeah. And we're going to go out there with forklifts and, and lift these spreaders up mm-hmm. off these semis, off this semi. Yeah. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, they showed up, and uh, 
we got her done but holy cow was it cold yeah i mean i think that's that's probably the coldest that i've ever been out in the weather i mean with that wind chill it was frigid i mean it was it was crazy i mean we had icicles coming out of our noses i mean it was it was nuts it was crazy yeah it, it didn't take long but that, no. that was that was nuts i think most of i mean heck it even snowed in florida so i mean yeah looking at the maps like 80 mm -hmm. percent of the country was freezing or below well the uh the miami dolphins and pittsburgh game they said that's the lowest temperature that a game's ever been played at, in miami really yeah wow it was 34 degrees in miami yeah that was nuts yeah but yeah we're, we're through that and now uh we're going the opposite direction it's all going to melt it's going to be 50s and mm -hmm. we're going to get out the t-shirts i guess now. Guys, guys are talking about getting back out into the field and running some tillage yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know might be a little wet for that might be yeah but so. uh but yeah a lot's happened a lot's going on uh the indie farm show overall you know when we were recording with jeff uh it was kind of up in the air um cody you you had a, a lead out of there that that came to fruition yeah it uh it came through uh <clears throat> talked to a gentleman about a bbi spreader he wanted a high clearance spreader uh especially since urea is coming down um he's going to be side dressing uh all of his urea on so he wanted a high clearance spreader and we had one show it up and i took some pictures of it got the tires on it and everything sent him some pictures and uh he uh he decided to go through with it and uh so we sold a high clearance grasshopper out of there that's awesome so yep so yep. i guess that means we've got to go back next year yeah i kind of told your dad the same thing i was like <laughs> well we sold a spreader so i guess we gotta go back he goes huh? yep i guess <laughs> yep well it, it's it's not a, it's it's a fun show you know and it's it close enough to home uh you know we always get whirly to come over for that it's it's a good time yeah it's a pretty low maintenance show mm -hmm. you know everything we bring in there is on wheels it's easy to get in and out so yeah we'll be going back but coming up is the big show and that's fort wayne yep um the fort wayne farm show is a great great show uh we have so many uh local farmers close to home and and uh a lot of people that go there that thing is right there next to louisville mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if this year it cleared louisville just because i think louisville is in a little bit of a transition um from from being the ultimate show to more of a somewhat of a vacation spot yeah um i i don't think as many people go there just to strictly buy um, I, I think they're going there just to kind of hang out, kind of check out some new things uh, and learn. Whereas in the past, that's where everyone would go to to strictly kind of purchase. And I think shows such as Fort Wayne and the Indie Show, and then just getting closer with the dealer-customer relationships is is kind of closing the door on some of that big show buying from Louisville. Yeah. But. <clears throat> Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of the guys that we did see at Indy always, you know, they were asking, you know, well, hey, are you going to be at Fort Wayne? Yeah, we'll be there, you know. It, blah, you know, so it's just, it's one of those deals to where it's like, well, are the, is there going to be any better deals at Fort Wayne? I was like, no. I mean, it, not really. I mean, it, 
price is what the price is. I mean, yeah, we are offering some discounts on some certain things, but it's not like how it used to be where we were given, you know, letting stuff just fly out the door, you know. But uh, <clears throat> that's part of dealer inventory and keeping inventory in stock and making sure you have it and stuff like that. And that's just part of it. But yeah, it, it kind of seems like uh, Fort Wayne is always a big show for us as far as moving equipment and stuff like that. And mainly just smaller smaller stuff i think i think guys are kind of you know they went down to florida or went down you know went down south to mexico or something like that you know kind of kind of went on their vacation for the winter they get back they're ready to you know they they start looking at their planner well how can i improve the planner this year whether it's fertilizer or you know row cleaners or closing wheels you know whatever that may or may not be um you know it kind of seems like the planner right in that january february time frame is when guys start really honing in on the planner and getting planner attachments put on there oh yeah no doubt i've noticed it a lot in the last couple weeks you know uh i did a planner deal north of our shop about an hour mm -hmm. uh, did some youtube videos on it for the guys that follow the youtube channel is that 1770 uh customer called me he, and uh, he called me on a Tuesday. I went up there on a Wednesday and uh, went and checked out his planner. We came up with a plan on what his priorities were, uh, quoted it out to him, and he, he picked which items he wanted to go with. And we did the install probably 10 days later, and it's, it's wrapped up. But I'm starting to get more and more. I had a guy from Iowa reach out to me yesterday on a Yetter all-steer pull-behind cart for his planner. Um, you know it, it's really starting to generate um, so it's that time of year um, and it, it's seasonal so I'm excited to jump back into the planner game and uh, it, as far as that season and uh, yeah I, I can't wait I feel like we're more prepared now than ever on, on the planner side our brackets are top-notch if anyone follows us on YouTube or Instagram I've been loading up some pictures of these brackets that we've been not we Cody and I don't make them. <laughs> Luckily, uh, the Sam you wouldn't and, want us to make them. <laughs> Sam and Devin in the shop. Uh, Kyle draws them up, and mm -hmm. uh, we've got a local fab shop doing a lot of the lasering. And then we have mm -hmm. Auro Steel Company just pre-cut all these uh, pieces, and then Sam gets them in there, puts them in the right spot, and uh, and gets them welded up tight. But man, they're sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we get them powder coated. Mm -hmm. uh, we've come a long way in our tank brackets, and I'm I'm telling you, I, I would put our brackets up against anything that you could get out there on the market. They're they're sweet, <clears throat> and I, that's something I want to showcase more of is our shop side. Yeah, what they're doing in there. You know, what you and I run into on a day to day basis is is kind of cool, but what our shop can do is really neat, and I think it's unique. Um, I don't think there's too many shops, uh, especially on the ag side, that you can walk into and find a plasma cutter and two full-time employees that can play with metal like it's Play-Doh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, and and I feel like the biggest thing there is that with us being where we are and what we do, um, that's what sets us apart as far as you know having. You know the plasma table that you know the two guys that can play with metal like play-doh you know i think that's where 
we're able to do a lot more fabbing to where you know a lot of these guys are worried about what color you got and you know they're they're worried about working on tractors and and big stuff you know they're they're not worried about the small dollar items like what we we focus on and really try to help guys improve their uh you know obviously if you're trying to improve your um your farm or whatnot you know maybe in the cards you know having a bigger tractor is necessary but a lot of guys like to improve their farm by doing some little things as well not just making a big purchase as far as a piece of tillage or a tractor or something like that to where they just add fertilizer to their planter or some attachments yeah well i mean you know there's it takes a bunch of spokes in the wheel to make it go around right you need the the big iron guys yeah you need the big red dealers the big green dealers oh, yeah. uh and it, it we can go on for days on whether or not they need to be big mm -hmm. uh but uh you know it, it takes it takes everyone you know we we need the the big application dealers we need the small dealers we need the little hardware stores that that carry those odds and ends and and we fit kind of right in the middle there mm -hmm. you know we're not a big ag dealer by any means no um and we're we're a little bit bigger than a mom and pop bolt shop too mm -hmm. and uh and that's where i think we need to stay but yeah i, I think there is a niche out there and a void that we can fill very well and, and we've done a good job at it uh, really, especially when it comes to the customization, you know, guys will call up and, well, I, I saw this, but I want to make it a little bit different. And it's like, you know, we can, we can probably do something like that. And, uh, you know, it, it just all takes time. You know, uh, it really starts to get tricky when we get in, when the days get warmer. Yeah. Because then, you know, a guy will call us in May and say, hey, I, I want to do this with my side dresser. And it's like, man, we're, we're just running out of time here. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you give us the time, we we can we can do it all. We can do anything. Yeah. And uh, and by we, I mean the guys in the shop. Mm -hmm. But speaking of shops, um, we've started to kind of do some work down there at Wabash. Yeah. And Wabash is something that I need to highlight a little bit more. I've only done a couple videos on it, uh, but holy cow! Last week I helped Brent down in down there work on uh, some J&M applicators that we've been getting in, mm -hmm. and uh, man, is it fun working out of that shop! Yeah, with the big crane, the bit uh, what is it? A twenty-ton crane? It's a ten-ton overhead. Ten-ton ten overhead crane, which I we I haven't used it yet. <clears throat> I, I talk about it a lot, but I haven't Elliot, used it. Elliot and Travis, those are two of our other shop guys. They have used it quite a bit building these wide drop toolbars that <clears throat> we're pretty familiar with, and some of you may be too. Um, but they've been building a lot of wide drop toolbars with those with that crane and they said it it's unmatched on how easy it is to build those things now yeah I, I believe it we used to do it laying out on the floor with some hammers and punches and wedges and mm -hmm. forklifts and uh, a lot of yelling and a little bit of cussing yeah uh, whereas <laughs> today i'm sure it's quite a bit different mm -hmm. with just the push of a button you can feather a bracket right into where the pin needs to go through and uh yeah but you know the heated floors and in in all this cold weather that we had we took every diesel truck and and everything that we had and we parked it inside that 80 by or 90 by 160 shop mm -hmm. and all those trucks stayed 
55 60 degrees mm-hmm. over, over that entire weekend yep and uh that that was awesome you know there was no ice on windshields nothing to deal with we just parked them all in there yeah and we kept our tractors inside um man it, it was just handy as is all get out now i can tell you the next time a semi comes we're backing it in there oh yeah and and we're going to unload mm-hmm. in weather in, inside that shop but we're waiting on some bigger garage doors to show up to do that yeah but, sounds like those are going to be coming in february yeah we don't know <laughs> what year though <laughs> garage doors yeah. if anything has been plagued by the delay and and lead times boy it's garage doors you, you don't want to be in the garage door uh if you need a garage door tomorrow you're in big trouble yeah uh unless you go out and find a used one yep you, you better have some patience so yep. you know they originally said november and i i always laughed and said yeah you mean february and then now it is february <laughs> and so that means july and so i don't know we'll see Yep. but that's how it goes so uh, let's get to what we want to talk about in this podcast. You know, a lot of podcasts we've done in the past, they had some topics, maybe some some folks we would highlight. But Cody and I came up with, with an idea, um, and we want to talk about tips for buying equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just some things that we see on our side of the fence that could help you guys uh, when you're out there searching for equipment, whether it's from us or anyone. Mm-hmm. Um that I think could really dramatically uh, help you guys out. Cody and I both listen to podcasts ourselves, and you know, when it has a certain topic that we're interested in, we're going to listen to that podcast a little bit harder and try to learn something. Yeah. And uh, so we thought, from our side of the fence, we could offer uh, a few things that could that could help you guys when you're out purchasing mm-hmm. uh, equipment and. Uh, Hopefully, you can come up with with some ideas here that that you can actually use. Yeah. So, um, you know, Cody and I, of course, are in sales. We've got calls coming in from you name it: Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, everywhere, Florida, everywhere. Yep. And a lot of these people we've never met in our life. Mm-hmm. And usually, how it goes is we'll answer the phone, and it'll either come directly into our cell phone or they will call a number that leads them into the office and the office girls then distribute it out to the salesman so let's say a call goes into the office and you know uh good morning this is fennig equipment how can i help you and you know he says well you know i'm i'm i need someone in sales okay so then he transfers it to me or cody let's say cody gets it hello this is cody Hey, Cody, my name's Joe, and I'm from Illinois, and I'm I'm interested in a Salford tool, okay? And so he's from Illinois, mm-hmm. and he's looking for a used Salford tool. And that happens all the time, you know? Yeah. The, the trucking world and the World Wide Web has taken everyone's area of responsibility and just exploded it. Mm-hmm. No longer are we in charge of a couple counties or half of the state. We're in charge of sea to shining sea. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably the big thing that when I'm selling to consumers and, and farmers that, that I wish that we could improve is, you know, I have a guy, he'll say, I want to use Salford. Uh, what have you got? Well, you know, I've got this 30-footer out here. You know, we just put new blades on it. 
you know it it's uh 2014 um mm-hmm. and they and you know i started asking questions how many horsepower you got and a lot of times i just wish that i could get that customer on a plane to come and look at this yeah salford tool you know because i don't know what his farm looks like he he could have the most pristine farm he waxes his, his equipment every day and then there's a little bit of rust on this Salford tool. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll say, well, send me more pictures and videos. And I send him all the pictures and videos. And 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 then he may get it, and he'll call me and say, well, Adam, I didn't realize that two of the tires were rotted, had, had some cracks on them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, you know, I mean, it it's, it's a 10-year-old tool. Uh, right. You know, I guess I, you know, but the expectations are... are uh, you never know um, what the guy's after. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy might run an old open station tractor, and and the disc that he's currently pulling is is basically pulled in half and has welds every every inch. Right. Or he's on the opposite end of the spectrum, and and what I'm getting at is everyone's field ready is extremely different. Yeah. Um, so when you're buying used equipment, no matter what, I really strongly urge everyone to come look at it. Um, you know, I, as if if applicable. I mean, well, yeah, definitely. You know, of course, we don't hide anything. I, mm-hmm. I want you to come look at it. I, I think it's going to be as good or better than what it's projected online. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some dealerships that probably don't want anyone to come look at their equipment because they might see some flaws, but I want everyone to come look mm-hmm. because if it's not right for you, I want to know right now. Right. I don't want to know the an hour after it gets unloaded off the truck and, and you're calling me and saying, well, I didn't realize the, the paint was faded this much or, right. or you know, I, I found one bearing that you missed, mm-hmm. you know, that was a little bit out, you know, it's... Not only do I think we can negotiate better when we're face-to-face, but I can get to meet you. It mm-hmm. can become a much more long-term relationship rather than me just dialing up a trucker and sending it on its way and, and wham, right. bam, thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're more of a, a long-term dealership where if I'm selling you a salver tool or something, uh, I'm... You're going to be hearing from me. I want ag- you to again. Yeah, I want you to call me back. Ask, right. Ask me questions. You know all of that stuff. You know that that's really important to us as far as how we run run yeah. the dealership. You know, it's was something that we kind of pride ourselves on. We want customers to be happy. We don't want them to think, you know. And that's where you know where I was getting into earlier. You know, just asking asking the right questions one on my end you know on our end and two on your end tell us a little bit about your operation give us as much detail as you can as far as what you're kind of looking for you know what kind of tillage practices are you doing now um you know what are you expecting this tool to do you know all of those things are very very crucial as far as what direction we want to point you in um, I had a gentleman call me the other day and asked me about strip till. You know, well, you just opened a whole big old 50-gallon drum of worms there. There there are so many different options and what you can do. And, you know, there, there are just too many options out there. You know, I want to hone in and, you know, well, how are you going to apply this 
this practice to your operation? How is that going to work for you? Well, and, and there's, but there, there's two different types of phone calls too. There's guys that are calling us just for information, right? Because we, uh, you know, we're we're kind of the leaders in a lot of different fields, mm-hmm. and we've got experience. And so I have guys call me a lot of times, say, "Hey, I, I think I want to do strip till. Like the idea sounds good, mm-hmm. but I don't even know where to start." Right. And, and so we'll walk through and, and help them. Right. Um, but and that was basically my phone call yesterday. Yeah. Is what it was. Yeah. And but it, it gets tricky when when they'll say, "Well, you know, I'm looking for a 30 foot tillage tool," and uh, we really need to start asking a lot of questions then because mm-hmm. it's like, "Well, I've got 30 foot tillage tools that require 200 horsepower." And I've got 30-foot tillage tools that require 550 550 horsepower of tillage, of of horsepower. So we really, really have to hone in, and we got to be careful as salesmen to, uh, because it'd be very easy to just say, well, yeah, sure, I've got this 30-footer out here, and and really talk about it and and get to leaning into that that unit. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, as he's getting ready to drive over and look at it from two hours away, we finally realize that he only has 300 horsepower right of and i say only 300 that's a lot don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but but it, if it requires 550 you know and that's where we have to be very careful and we have to do a very diligent job almost like a detective mm-hmm. really i always like you said i like to say well what are you doing now right because whatever you're doing now Obviously, we're going to want to try to improve it, mm-hmm. but it gives me a rough idea of your expectations. Right. You know, if if you're calling me up and today you're using three horses and a two-bottom plow and, and you're looking at an old disc that's kind of been sitting in the weeds for a while, that thing might be right up your alley. Right. It's going to be a slight step above from where you're at. Mm-hmm. If you're using a, uh, you know, a Salford uh 1200 and you're calling me uh, about you know an old beat up disc i don't think we're talking about the right piece because we're going to go backwards and i think you're going to be disappointed right you know the the paint won't be there the 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 appearance won't be there and the heavy duty ruggedness so i always try to size them up but back to uh, i want to get back to my my initial one on guys coming to look Mm -hmm. um it's so important if you are calling on a piece of equipment and you can come look at it if you have the time i urge you strongly to go do that it's going to be so much more beneficial for both the buyer and the seller mm-hmm. um, i sometimes i am blown away at uh at the things that are purchased you know 600 miles away a guy will call up and say hey you still have that uh 30 foot unit yeah mm-hmm. i've got it yep okay well i want you to put my name on it and within 30 seconds it's over it's like okay you know that hey you know if you want it you know the price is right you know we agree on a price and and we get it shipped and there Mm -hmm. it goes right but but no one knows you know any any expectations yeah i mean pictures can only detail so much i mean there's a completely different spectrum you know i can send you all the videos and all the pictures in the world for you to look at this tool and you might think you know this tool inside and out but 
I guarantee you, you're going to find something, no matter what it is. It might be something really, really minute, or it might be something very, very big and important that, you know, we didn't even see because we see it every day and we kind of overlook it. Oh, yeah. You know, so it don't think that whenever we send you a tool that you just purchased and I sent you all the pictures in the world that you wanted to see, you know, don't, don't think that, you know, we didn't don't think that we knew about it and just didn't tell you there's a really good chance i mean we've got how many pieces of equipment out on the lot you uh, know man it's uh like on our tractor house <laughs> uploads on our inventory i've got over 100 pieces uploaded on there which in the grand scheme of things there's 20 store dealers out there that have 100 pieces on one location right right <laughs> but still it's a lot to manage and mm -hmm. you know i like i've had guys come and look uh, I've got a guy coming down from Michigan today, and uh, I urged him, come down, look at it. I, I want you to. And uh, sometimes people get there, and they'll say, holy cow, I didn't realize that thing was that big. Mm -hmm. You know, man, I don't think that'll fit in my barn. Or, wow, I, man, my tractor, it's got 200 horse, but it's gotten a little bit weak over the last couple of years. Right. I don't know that I can really pull that. Mm -hmm. And and it, it runs all them things through uh you know and then they look at it and say man how am i going to transport this thing or um holy cow i i didn't realize that it had uh a rear hitch mm -hmm. and uh man that that one tire looks low in there on that center walking tandem it's like oh yeah you're right it does mm -hmm. I, I wonder if it's got a slow leak on it and all of those things then we're on the same page and uh so yeah i i think that would benefit both the farmer and the the set the seller whether it's us or another dealership mm -hmm. um to travel and 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 go look at at your equipment uh as you're negotiating and and talking about buying i think that'd be a great move mm -hmm. yeah definitely what's definitely. what's uh you were kind of leaning in on on the details and, and asking and really digging in um is that that something that you run into yeah um just not necessarily all the time but just getting into people's expectations of some things um, some things can be misled because you don't right ask the right questions yeah and, and it happens a lot you know not you know um, you know we've done you know how many of these planner jobs well there's no you know there's no box that says okay well I've got a case 1245 blah 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 this and that it's a center fill bam you know this is the kit we throw and it just goes right on there right it it doesn't it, it, it there are so many nooks and crannies and every planer is just a nickel different because everybody wants it just a, you know everybody's operation is different and right. you know for those that you are listening you know just you know think about it as looking at your neighbor well I bet your neighbor doesn't plant corn the exact same way that you do, so his planter is going to be set up a little bit different. So those those key crucial details that you know sometimes get overlooked, and you know we overlook it sometimes too. But you know, um, oh yeah, I and and of course this this stuff we're talking, we always learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there there have been many times where you know you sell something that needs installed and that's where it gets really tricky yeah because then you know you load up the, the shop guys and and here they go on their way mm -hmm. and and they get there 
and and maybe it's in uh, January, and they call you about an hour later and say, hey, thanks a lot. So well, what do you mean? Uh, we're working out here in the gravel outside in the wind, and it's 30 degrees out. It's like, oh, you know, I, I forgot to ask the customer if he had a heated shop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, mm-hmm. just things like that can get overlooked, and mm-hmm. that's where, you know, if uh, if you're doing a, a crucial big job, make sure your salesman is, is just hitting you left and right with questions. Mm-hmm. Like a detective, like I said, um, there's so much to uncover you know, uh, do you have a heated shop? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a forklift yeah. to move this stuff? Does mm-hmm. your forklift run? Mm-hmm. Can it start? It, is um, the is the tractor hooked up to the piece that we're going to be working on? Right. That's all basically our job mm-hmm. as, as a salesman, and we got to really dig into that and and get that stuff done. And you know, when when we're selling tillage, you know, or BBIs, I've ran into this a lot too. They've got a small PTO shaft and a big. Yep. We'll sell a, a BBI. Oh, yep, yep. You know, the, the hitch can be clevis or pinnel, and it's got these tires, and the lights work, and they plug in, and, and this thing is just ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then they go to plug it in, and oh, shoot, we overlooked the PTO size. Yeah. It, he needs a big PTO, mm-hmm. and uh, we sent him the small one. Yeah. You know, say, that, say the guy needs it, or. Uh, Say it's a big 1,000. Well, a big 1,000 is about an inch and three quarters is right. what it is. And then the smaller one is just a smaller spline. I think it's an inch and a half or it, yeah. it's something along those lines. It's hard to tell with the naked eye. You, you've got to really <laughs> dig into it. Yeah. And, like, you know, a lot of guys will look at their tractor and say, I don't know, it's a 1,000. I know that. And it's like, okay, what well, you know, I get that. I, you know. It's not really a big deal, but it's definitely something that does get overlooked. Yeah, a lot of those details. So, yeah, that's a good one. So, you know, the first one was come look at the equipment. The second one was uh, let's walk through and, and dig into the details. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, uh, or, you know, another one that I would have would be the transportation side of it. You know, if it's, if it's a piece... Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to send a cover crop cedar to uh, Kansas, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's he's asking me, well, how are we going to get it here? And you know, I've got some hotshot trailer guys that can haul it, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I don't know if he's got a forklift that can lift this thing. Right. So, you know, here we are. We've made the deal. Uh, he purchased it, and now he he's trying to figure out where we can ship it to. Uh, to unload it, which is fine, mm-hmm. but uh, whether it's going to be hauled on a detached trailer or in in a UPS truck or on a you know a lot of this stuff, like if we order a Devastator from Yetter, it's going to come to your farm on a semi, yeah, in a crate that's eight feet long. You're going to need a decent size forklift or loader sucker off or loader tractor to get the, mm-hmm. that thing off, and you know. It gets overlooked a lot. Um, you know, I've, there have been many times where I've I've shipped something and and the guy gets it and holy cow, I, I my forklift wouldn't lift it. It's like shoot, you know, I I we should have talked a little bit better on how heavy this thing really is, and uh, you know, and and what it's going to come in. So mm-hmm. when you make the purchase and and you're looking, you know, make sure you've got the shipping details figured out. Not only you know who's paying freight and how much it's going to cost but what all will you need 
to uh, unload it or yeah. or load it. Yeah, because you know? like when we ship a Salford tool on a detached trailer, we're going to need a tractor to back up onto our detach. Mm-hmm. We're going to need a bunch of blocks of wood mm-hmm. uh, to lift the rear tires up of the tractor, uh, and and we're going to have to make sure that the the pinnel and clevis hitches line up and uh you're gonna have to pull that thing off which typically isn't a big deal um as long as we're delivering it to a place uh that that has a tractor there handy so just be very mindful of Mm -hmm. how in the heck we're going to get that that unit to you Mm -hmm. you know sometimes this stuff transports at 16 feet and and the only way to get it to you is to tow it yeah um you know i've sold some things and and we deliver it and they say well holy cow i didn't realize you were going to pull it that far and it's Mm -hmm. like well i mean it's you know it's too wide to load on a detach right and and so sometimes really the only choice is to pull it so be cognizant uh, and both of you know of how in the world that thing's going to get to you yeah And, and you know something like that that's 16 foot wide i mean well would you rather us tear it apart and then you have to put it together whenever you get it or well i try to avoid that right Um, it it creates a lot of work and there's a lot of unneeded labor in that um to whereas i would rather give you some wheel bearings if you're upset that we've towed it that far you know it's it creates a lot less of a headache on us or if you need a new spindle a year later hey you know what here you go you know that it's not a lot, a lot of times it, it's just easier to yeah so definitely um, so yeah anything else cody that that uh you would advise when when a guy is out looking purchasing equipment um not that i can think of making sure that you have a big enough piece to get equipment off is pretty important that is uh, like you highlighted a little bit but We've ran into some situations where we're going on an install and the guy says that he has a loader tractor. Well, it's a little garden tractor, <laughs> you know. It does have a loader on it. <laughs> it does, but... Um, uh, <laughs> the, the shop guys remind me of those. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty frequently. <clears throat> well, did he tell you how big it was? Uh, well, no, he didn't. I didn't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... Yeah, we've got to be very studious. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes um, into that. You know, another one that I would uh, keep in mind, 99% of these dealerships, the equipment has to be fully paid for before it leaves the lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so if uh, how I how I like to do it is... Let's say, you know, today's, just call it January 1, a guy buys something and we're going to deliver it to him when the roads are clear sometime in the next two months, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, how I like to do that is let's just put a down payment on it right now. Unless you want to pay for it in full, that's fine too. But let's do a minimum of a 30% down payment Mm -hmm. now to put your name on it, to lock it in, and, and to get the ball rolling. And then the remainder of that is going to be due before we load it up or hook it up. Mm-hmm. So let's say um, in two weeks we're going to haul it and the time's coming. I'll call you and say, hey, we're getting ready to hook up to it. 
uh, let's let's make this balance. Uh, let's let's get that paid off. Go ahead and mail that check in, and and we'll we'll settle up with it then. Mm-hmm. Either that or if one of my guys, myself or Grandpa or Dad or someone is doing the delivery, I'll have them just grab a check at the time of delivery. Yeah. But no matter what, um, rule of thumb, everything has to be paid for when it leaves. So. Um, you know, there's some things like if, if you were to come to our farm tomorrow and, and want, you know, 24 row cleaners, if you're an existing customer, uh, you know, we can bill you for that and give you 30 days. That's not a problem. But a lot of this bigger stuff, and if it's going any distance at all, it, it has to be paid for. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and I would say that's probably a, a solid rule of thumb for uh, all dealerships, mm-hmm. you know. Especially unless you're, of course, a common customer, um, you know we have no problem billing you. Um, it's just we have to make sure that our end is covered too, and and make sure that you know when the inventory guys, because a lot of this equipment is on line lines of credit, mm-hmm. and what happens is uh, the inventory folks for for those companies they come in probably at least once a month and they check. They'll walk through and say, hmm, hey, you guys, uh, I noticed that there's a Salford tool missing out here that is still on the books, hasn't been paid for, but it's off of your lot. Where mm-hmm. Where is that unit? And, well, if it's out on demo or, or whatever, you've got to give them the address and phone number of the customer who has it uh, for their record. Sometimes they'll drive out there and check on it. Um, sometimes... You know they'll just kind of let it go but you better make dang sure that if an equipment piece of equipment left the lot it's paid for in a very timely fashion yeah uh, or else they will drop your line of credit mm-hmm. um, and there you are uh, not having a, a way to carry all of this equipment yeah and so uh, we were just at a location the other day was that was talking about a dealership that got themselves in a bind mm-hmm. uh, doing some stuff like that but you know, it that's that's the main reason for it um, is that you know a lot of this stuff on you know these uh, manufacturers give us lines of credit so that we order and they give us some room to pay for this stuff. Typically, twelve months, and uh, if if you're selling stuff and not paying them back immediately, uh, you can get into big trouble. So that that's why. Uh, everything has to be paid for. One right. of the reasons why everything has to be paid for before it leaves. So, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, just keep that in mind. Uh, just expect that. So, if you're going to go buy something, um, just expect that. You know, when when you go to hook to it, it, it you're going to have to write a check for it or get it financed right then and there. Yeah. So, it, when that expectation is known, when you're out searching for equipment, um, I, I think everyone's just just in a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, what else? I, I think th- those are probably my my big topics. Is mm-hmm. you know, and, and I would probably rank them in order. Uh, number one being, come on over and look. I, yeah, I, I want you, I want to meet you, and uh, I want to make it a long term <coughs> deal. So, especially if it's a used it piece. Used pieces, oh, yeah. definitely. Oh yeah, new I mean, pieces. It, you can kind of get a good idea of what you're what you're getting. I mean. The expectation that you know, you kind of already know your expectations as far as getting a new piece, right? Um, you know that is even if a dealer has it in stock, 
too i mean a, a lot of these tools that guys are buying they can't even go look at them because dealers don't have them right um but you know you kind of look at a used one you get an idea of how the thing's built and stuff like that well if a new one look you know if this used one looks like this i i can only imagine what a, a new one looks like so right I think in any situation, I think it's very important to go look or at least go talk to the salesman. Um, you know, I, I personally, I think that if I'm making a big purchase, I want to be there and I want to talk to the salesman. And like if I'm going out and I'm buying a new truck, yeah. you know, I, right. I, I want to talk to the salesman. You know, what can you tell me about it? Granted, that's not to say that they know anything about it, but, <clears throat> you know, there will be those select few guys that. You know, you'll find that we'll know stuff about it, and they'll give you the disclaimers and everything else like that. So, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, one last thing. You know, we have a lot of equipment listed, and I, I think a lot of dealerships do this. Uh, we've got equipment listed online that isn't necessarily on our lot, right. and we run into this quite a bit. And I'll, I'll walk you through why that might be. So, for example, right now we have got. Uh, six J&M applicators that we ordered in July. Mm -hmm. We won't see them until February, March, and I think we've got about two of them available yet. Yeah. Well, if we wait until we get them on our lot to put them online, it's going to be too late. You know, it, we order them in July, we receive them in February, March. If we wait until March to advertise them, we will go six months without advertising the fact that we have those units available to purchase and they will be uh, on your farm in time to use them. Mm -hmm. The same is true with like BBI spreaders and Salfords. Um, right. We might have a Salford listed online that is coming in in two weeks. And so when you call on that and say, hey, you know, I'm calling about that 30 foot Salford, um, can I come look at it? It's like, well, some of that equipment is, you know, we we'll say, well, you know, it is available for purchase. It'll be here in two weeks. We'll give us a week to build it, mm -hmm. and then it, it can be yours. Right. Um, so, not everything that's online is physically on the ground. Um, and again, that is just so that uh, we can advertise and sell it. Like the mm -hmm. J and M applicators, we have two available, and uh, you know, we have pre-sold probably, you know. Uh, several of them because we have been advertising them online uh, so keep that in mind um, we, we do remove the items that are sold rather quickly um, nothing is sold until it is for sure sold and it's not for sure sold until there's a check in hand and it has cleared yeah um, so there it's a unit may be sold um, but it may stay up online for about a week or so because he had to mail in a check. The check had to clear. Mm -hmm. It's not done until it's done. Yeah. And so then we remove it off offline. And then, uh, so yeah, that's just something to keep in mind is uh, when you're calling on a piece, uh, especially on the, on the new side of things, that piece may still be at the factory being built, uh, but it is for sure uh, available for purchase. Yeah. So mm -hmm. something to keep in mind. Yep. Definitely. So yeah, Cody and I sat down and wanted to we wanted to do a podcast that was helpful and resourceful for for you guys, and instead of just listening to Cody and I uh, bumble on about deer hunting all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I don't Some, know. Sometimes I think our podcast should be a hunting podcast more well, than an equipment podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we sell equipment uh, so that we can afford to hunt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very avid deer hunters. Yeah. Hunters. Hunters, yeah. yeah we, we don't just hunt deer. We, well, uh, what I'm getting at is we, they always say, you know, we're, we do a lot more hunting because it's not always successful. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to come up with a podcast, uh, that, that you guys wanted to listen to to learn something. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you can pick up something out of every podcast. But this one was kind of to the point. And I thought about it because we had a lot of, have a lot of year end buying and a lot, of, a lot of transactions going on right now. And so it, it came to mind to do something like that. Yeah. So, um, today is going to be a great day. Yeah. Uh, we've got, some very solid customers lined up that we're going to meet with um and uh i I really enjoy getting out and i told cody that's one of my goals for next year um i'm going to get out and do more of this not necessarily just cold calling on the road but but manicuring and massaging and, and taking care of the past customers that have taken care of us right um you know a lot of times we want to get caught up in finding new customers and more customers and it's like well the customers are already there you you've got them mm-hmm. you just need to uh spend time with them see what they need now and uh and go from there so that's that's part of what we're doing today and we're going to do that kind of the most of this week yeah um we're going to go do it again tomorrow and head more uh west from the farm yep yep so yeah i think uh that's all i've got for the podcast hopefully everyone found it useful and hopefully we have a good day yeah it's about 7 45 here this morning and phones will be ringing here shortly so uh yep. it's about time for us to sign off yep sunrise is is beautiful this mm-hmm. morning and it's 28 degrees so a nice winter morning snow on the ground but the roads are fine so yep. um We're going to get after it, and we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Thanks, guys.